Hey guys, Mike Wolf here. When I relaunched this podcast, I said I would probably be doing one or two a month. We're not quite there yet. I did my last one in June. We're here in the middle of July. Getting out a new one. Last time I talked to Mark Cuban, uh, interesting guy, but this one is just as interesting on a completely different topic, robotics. The guest for today's show is Adi Hainla, the co-founder, CEO, and CTO of Starship. Starship makes robots, in particular delivery robots, sidewalk robots to deliver food, groceries, and any small item to your home. In a tech world today where we're talking about drones, autonomous cars, uh, I think this is an interesting and novel approach. In the podcast, Adi talks about how they watched science fiction shows like Minority Report and how in 20, 30 years from now, in this future that we have seen uh, through the lens of movies, you see all these little delivery robots, these little R2-D2s or whatever they are, delivering products, and that's kind of what their inspiration was. So uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting thing that he said. I was intrigued to talk to Adi because I've been following uh, food delivery, particularly how that will change over time as I'm putting together my, my event, the Smart Kitchen Summit. And so when I saw that they were doing robotics to deliver food, uh, and, and groceries and products, and they're testing these in Germany now. They'll be rolling these out to the U.S. later. I knew that I had to talk to Adi, so we got on the phone, got on Skype, which is interesting in itself because he was one of the co-founders of Skype. We were actually talking using the software where he was the founding engineer using some of his code still uh, to talk, and so I thought that was fun. It was a great conversation. I hope you enjoy this. We have another podcast, another episode of the Next Market Podcast coming out soon. If you want to listen to other podcasts in this vein about the future of things like food delivery, check out the Smart Kitchen Show. You can find that at smartkitchensummit.com backslash show or find it in iTunes and other places. And of course, you can subscribe to the Next Market Podcast if you haven't already in iTunes using RSS, etc. Just go to technology.fm and you'll find out how to do that. All right, folks, that's it for now. Let's talk to Adi. <laughs> Well, I'm really excited to have Adi Hainla, the co-founder, CEO, and CTO of Starship. How are you doing, Adi? I'm fine. How are you, Mike? Doing great. I'm excited to talk to you because you guys are doing some pretty innovative stuff around delivery of things to homes and businesses using robots, which is a, a large large departure from Skype, where you were one of the, the co-founders. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, I was a founding engineer of Skype, and uh, I developed uh, also some of the, the software behind Skype. And uh, uh, my background is software. That's that, that's true. But uh, but by now, actually, um, there are a lot of interesting technology happening in in the world of, of real things, in the world of hardware and uh, and robotics in in particular. Uh, and uh, I, I realized, you know, there is there are a few things that can be changed in the world by robotics in, in a big way and uh, and found out how to do it. I mean, in many ways, you made the world smaller, I think, with Skype, because I think it was really the first affordable peer-to-peer and kind of free internet calling system that was widely deployed. And so I think in a, in a sense, you're also maybe trying to make the world smaller with robots by allowing kind of low-cost delivery of, you name it. I think groceries is one of the first things you're doing, groceries and food, particularly in Germany where you're rolling it out. But in many ways, you're trying to change the world in a sense as well. 
Absolutely, that's uh, that's very much the case. Uh, the the thing is that uh, most uh, things that uh, that people need in everyday life, uh, you know, it's it's food and and it's it's you know basic things like that. They actually are you know fairly close to to people's homes and offices. Uh, they do not need to be transported you know thousands of of miles away. Uh, and uh, this transport can be made automatically, and it can can be made almost free, and it can be can be made very quick, it can can be made very fast. So in the future, uh, I think transport uh, of transporting of things by by a few miles, this will be something that uh, you know happens pretty much automatically. It happens happens with invisibly. It happens without people thinking of it. Uh, uh, just a robot or something you know, comes up uh, to your doorstep and, and you get it. I want to get into the specifics of how that works within a city environment, but I want to get a little bit of the backstory first. So when did this, when was the germ of this idea, the genesis of this idea? When did it come to you? When did you decide to go from uh, telecom or, or communication software development to making robots? Uh, right. Actually, uh, you know, this started almost exactly two years ago with uh, with uh, my Skype co-founder Janus Fries, and uh, we had a brainstorm. And uh, you know, even though we are best known as having been, uh, you know, founding you know, Skype and so forth, you know, we we certainly are not are no telecoms people. We are we are certainly limit, not limited by by telecom. And uh, we were we were thinking, you know, what what great things, what great changes can we can we do in the world uh, using new technologies like robotics, for instance? And uh, we realized that the delivery is one of them. Uh, you know, when you when you when you look at look at the, you know science fiction movies like you know Minority Report and you know other things that other you know movies that are are set you know ten, twenty, thirty years from now. Like nobody thinks that that you know in thirty years you know from now there would be people you know knocking on your door with with deliveries. Everybody imagines, you know, it's going to be, you know, flying cars and and, and so forth. And uh, uh, we realized that, uh, you know, part of that revolution can actually be be done today. You know, people think it's it's science fiction that, you know, it it, it can't be done today. That that you know, we need some sort of a magical new technology that doesn't exist so far. You know, like robots are not that good yet, and so forth. But that's not actually true. Uh, and we realized that uh, it is possible to bring about this delivery revolution uh, using sidewalk robots, using low-cost, lightweight, inherently safe sidewalk robots. And this is possible with today's technology using fairly low-cost technology, and it has to be low-cost because delivery is a low-cost business. And uh, once, we have re- once we realize that this is possible, we obviously set out to do it. And uh, here we are now, you know, two years later, and uh, we we have built the 30 robots. We have driven driven 5,000 miles, and we have signed up our first industry partners. And it's interesting because so much uh, of the conversation in the U.S. has been driven about the future delivery by guys like Amazon talking about drone delivery. Which, to me, the payloads had to be smaller, and immediately uh, you can almost imagine sidewalk robots or ground-based robots would have bigger bigger packages and payloads. So. Tell me why did you think at all about drones, or did you just realize that using ground-based robots you could do more? I think those are really two different uh, 
sides of the same right, right. coin. That, that l- l- let's put it that way. Uh, I think I think let's say you know a hundred years ago when when you know there were there were also you know great changes happening in, log- in logistics like you know like railway and you know aircrafts and you know cars and so forth and you know. Back then, I'm sure also, you know, people were debating, you know, whether, whether the cars will win or whether the, you know, aircraft will, will win. Uh, in reality, all of those modes of transport are used also today and also in logistics, also in, in transporting, you know, groceries and, and things. And, uh, and, uh, uh, sure, there are differences in, in cost and differences, you know, where, where, you know, some, uh, one mode of transport would be, would be more suitable. And, uh, it's clear that, that, you know, in today's world, uh, like transporting things by air is, uh, you know, very roughly speaking, five times as expensive as yep. uh, transporting that by by by, by on, the gr- on the ground, and uh, uh, the same reasons uh, actually are at play also in robotics. So, uh, so uh, I certainly believe that uh, transporting things by drone will be more expensive than uh, than uh, uh, ground ground-based uh, robots. So, when I think about the 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 mechanics and just the logistics of deploying a ground-based delivery system in a large urban setting, uh, be that Berlin or in the U.S. like in Seattle where I live, it, it seems like there's just so many so many things that could happen. Um, it, it has to have a, a sidewalk to make this work. There maybe needs to be obviously some intelligence built into the robot. Maybe some intelligence or some sensor systems on the on the sidewalks themselves. Talk about some of the things you thought about to make this work in a variety of different cities, because I would imagine there's a lot of things you have to think about. Right. We certainly are thinking about uh, a lot of uh, different things, and uh, and you're very much right that that uh, that when people first think of it, they they think, okay, you know, this is really hard, or this is really complicated, or this doesn't really work because of you know this and this and that. And uh, like for instance, there are no sidewalks. Uh, the the thing is. There are a lot of places that, that do have sidewalks. Even in places where people actually do not use sidewalks, they think there are no sidewalks, but they actually are sidewalks. So, uh, roughly speaking, about half of the U.S. residential suburbs, residential neighborhoods, uh, have sidewalk coverage of more than 95%. Uh, so, those, these are the areas where our delivery service will be will be available at first. Uh, obviously, in the future, we might develop you know future models that that uh, can also drive uh, somewhere else, not 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 on sidewalk, but uh, but sidewalk is is where we are where we are starting. And there are indeed there are a lot of details to overcome. There are a lot of uh, challenges to overcome, and uh, we are we are we are demonstrating that we can solve all of those problems. Uh, yes, the robots have sensor systems. The robots have intelligence. Uh, there are also accurate maps that the robots can use, and all of those issues can actually be solved. And the, my understanding, the risk, initial deployment will be uh, robots that are controlled by a central command, if you will, someone at Starship or, or someone working for the the grocer driving those. But over time, they become more autonomous. What struck me is. I want to talk about that evolution, but also what struck me is you, you, your man-based operations. Uh, I think at least one quote said that one employee could control up to 100 robots at a time. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, uh, you know, the thing is that, uh, uh, you know, how, how long have people developed, you know, self-driving cars? I think, you know, Google has been at it for something like uh, 
is it seven years by now or something like that? And you know, they're still not very very close to 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 a real product that can be, can be really autonomously driving in an, in an urban environment. It takes a long time, and the reason it takes a takes a really really long time is that a self driving car really needs to automatically respond correctly to every possible situation that can arise uh, on on a road. And uh, the thing is with the sidewalk robot, we don't have to do that. Uh, on a sidewalk, when the robot encounters a situation, a situation that is too complicated for the automatic system to handle, the robot can simply stop on the sidewalk and call up a human operator to help, to help guide the robot through that difficult area. And then the operator allows the robot to continue autonomously. Uh, and this is the beauty of using a robot which is driving at pedestrian speed on 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 a sidewalk. We can afford to do things like that, and that greatly simplifies the technological challenge that we have in front of us. And this is the main reason why we started this project you know, two years ago, and we are now at the point where we are already you know, launching this. Whereas you know people have been you know developing self-driving cars for you know seven years and longer than that, and they're still not launching a product. So it's really largely automated and self-driving. And when there's a variation or a problem, it calls up and asks for human assist. And just given the amount of of variances or kind of need for calls for assistance, you can operate a fairly large fleet fleet per one human, essentially. Exactly. That's that's exactly how how it works and. Uh, and we are, uh, you know, we, we are starting, you know, with something like, you know, you know, maybe, you know, one, uh, one uh, operator being able to control three robots, and uh, we will increase that to something like a hundred. And uh, we actually have even no, no clear, you know, desire to go, you know, much beyond that, uh, like to go to, to a hundred percent autonomous operation, for instance. It's not really needed. And now, a word from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is Anova Culinary, the maker of the Anova Precision Cooker. I have one. I make steak with it. I make chicken. My kids like my steak sandwiches. In today's edition of Sous Vide Stories, we're going to talk to Cole Wagner, the self-titled Sous Vide King of Northern Alabama. I called Cole on Skype to ask him why and how he started using the Anova Precision Cooker. I grew up in Portland. And so living in Portland, it was kind of a... Portland's a fantastic food city. And so as I grew older, you know, I really kind of reached out um, and started to discover food. And then when I was 26, about four years ago, um, I moved to Alabama and got married. And I love where I live. Like, I think where I live in North Alabama is one of the best kept secrets in the country. But the food is limited as far as what I'm used to. And so that was kind of the catalyst of wanting to start to learn to cook more where I could learn to cook things that I liked. Are there any Alabama specialties you've cooked with sous vide? I, I did ribs one time, which Alabama barbecue is, is, um, you know, very, very, very serious. And I did, and I loved, I mean, I love to barbecue and, you know, and grill and everything as well. I mean, I love to smoke and, you know, all that. It's, it's one of the things that I love to do as well, but I did do ribs, um, pork spare ribs, and you used a sauce from a very popular 
um, I wouldn't really call it a chain. It's in Alabama. You know, they have four or five locations throughout the state and use their sauce. And it was a pretty good replication. So I don't know that I would have fooled anybody that's had these ribs, you know, from the actual establishment. But that's probably the closest thing I did. I really did model it after, you know, a local rib joint. So we can we can definitely call you we could call you the sous vide king in northern Alabama. Northern yeah, Alabama. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the whole state. <laughs> so. That's Cole Wagner, the sous vide king of all of Alabama. You can find out more about Anova at anovaculinary.com. And now back to the podcast. I'd be interested in the economics of this. You know, I think, you know, you you'd indicated you want to get down to like a couple dollars per delivery and and with regards to how is it, this is rolled out with like a like a grocer rolling out a large fleet, um, can you give any kind of insight into the economics of like what the cost would be for them, uh, and then how that would go down over time? Uh, the the thing is that uh, with with a regular uh, you know delivery model where there's there's a delivery guy, you know, especially with, with groceries, you know, they're, 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 if if you're ordering you know something of, something online from a, from a grocery store, you know, somebody actually has to go to the store and you know. You know, pick the things you know from, from from the shelves and and then deliver to you. And you know, very roughly speaking, this takes about one hour. Uh, so so again, so what's the what's the minimum wage? What's the minimum hourly wage? You know, something like you know you know ten dollars, you know twelve dollars depends depends on location. Uh, and so that's generally you know how much you have to pay for that service. Uh, and uh, uh, and uh, the thing is that you know the minimum wage is not decreasing. It's increasing. So, uh, so using this model that there's a delivery guy, you know, the, the, it, it's pretty safe to predict that the delivery cost is not going to decrease. Right. And, you know, at, you know, something like $10, $12 per delivery, you know, sure, you know, the people, the people are ordering that, but uh, the majority, the majority of citizens, they, they will not really use it. It's too expensive. Uh, and the thing is with the robots, uh, with the robots, you know, the, the cost is in technology, you know, yep. the cost is in, in manufacturing, in maintenance, you know, in, 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 in various, you know, technological costs. And, you know, the safest bet you can do in the world is that technology is getting cheaper all the time. So even if, you know, we, we are talking about, you know, you know, let's say $3 per delivery, you know, but it's, a, it's just a question of time. It's just a question of time before this, this will be, you know, $1, you know, 50 cents. You know, because it's getting cheaper all the time. Technology is getting cheaper all the time. And we are, we are kind of, you know, riding that wave. It, 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 uh, the, you know, our service is getting cheaper even if we, you know, Starship, the company, are doing nothing about it. I'd be interested in your trials and because you, you've, I think you've tested it. Have you actually tested in real world delivery scenarios? Because I'm curious about how people are going to react to these in just in the wild. But also consumers, there's a little bit of learned behavior that needs to be on the consumer side. You know, instead of having someone drop off a package like a delivery man, it's a robot. So I'd be interested. It's probably maybe too early to actually have a lot of learned lessons from that. But have you had interactions with consumers around robots as a delivery mechanism? So we have had actually lots of interactions uh, between you know robots and and pedestrians yep. on the on the sidewalks. Uh, as I said, you know we have driven five thousand miles, and we have during that that uh, that that drive, you know, we have encountered six hundred thousand people. So that's a lot of people, <laughs> and uh, we we know from that experience uh, that 
you know, most people actually accept the robots on, on the, on the sidewalk. That's, that's really strange. And generally, you know, people do not believe it before they see it. You know, people think that, that, uh, you know, this is really a curiosity on a, on a, on a sidewalk. You know, people would, you know, stop. They would, you know, take pictures. They would post, you know, to, to Facebook. You know, they would, they, they would call the police. You know, but none of that is really happening. Um, so nobody has called the police. And, uh, sure, well, there have been actually been posting pictures to Facebook, but, 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 but not everybody. The vast majority just ignores it. Just, just the vast majority, you know, they, they just, you know, walk past the robot and, uh, they accept it, you know, like it, like an everyday object. And that's great for us because, you know, it wouldn't be really good, I think, for, uh, for a robotic delivery service, you know, if, uh, if the robot couldn't, couldn't really drive because, you know, people are, you know, all over, you know, stopping and <laughs> you know, posting pictures to <laughs> Taking Facebook. pictures, yeah. That's right. my, that's my, I would think that there would be so much curiosity. Maybe it varies by location or city, but I would imagine a lot of gawkers and people taking pictures of it. Um, but it sounds like no one's really interrupting it, trying to disrupt the delivery and get in front of the robot. It's actually not even, not even a lot of curiosity. Huh, interesting. And, uh, that's what, I, what I'm saying. You won't believe it until you see it. There's not even a lot of curiosity. You know, people just walk past the robot. It's amazing, but, but, but that's how it is. They, they, they behave as if, you know, they have, they have seen the robot, you know, thousands <laughs> of times. That's amazing. I bet in San Francisco, they, they gawk just because they think it's like a new technology advancement and want to write about it. <laughs> have, have the test, have, have the test mainly been in, in German cities? Uh, we have also driven in, in San Francisco. We have also driven in Seattle. It's the same reaction oh, wow. everywhere. That's great. <laughs> I hope to, I'm in Seattle. Maybe I'll look for one in the wild and that'd be great to see one. Um, you know, I, I think that one of the things that, uh, I would imagine over time is these would get more intelligent. I mean, I'd love to understand that the amount of intelligence and kind of machine learning that are in the robots today in terms of understanding their environment, obviously in a, incorporating a GPS location is one thing that will guide it, but is it just learning the, the routes? Is it learning how to interact with its environment over time? Right, right. Uh, there's certainly a lot of intelligence in in the robots, uh, but on the other hand, like I said, it's still a lot simpler to develop a robot like this than to develop a self-driving car, for instance. Uh, so, so you know, we have a few dozen engineers working on it, uh, and uh, and that's what we have uh, come up with. Uh, it, it's it's an it's a learning, you know, artificial intelligence system. Uh, it, it, it does interpret, you know, what it sees, you know, based on the nine cameras that, uh, that uh, the robot has. And it knows where it is with, uh, with, uh, about one inch precision. Uh, and, uh, there's a lot of advanced technology in that. And I know that the first, the first cities it's rolling out in, uh, include, uh, mainly German cities, London, uh, Bern and Dusseldorf. Uh, you, you did say that you, you have been testing them in the U.S. Uh, and I believe that there has been press uh, that have said that they will be rolled out in the U.S. Can you tell us when we'll see these deployed in the U.S. with a with a company, a grocery provider, or some sort of company like Peapod? Yeah, uh, we will certainly start pilots in the U.S. this year. Uh, it's true that we we have announced our in German partnerships and our partnerships in United Kingdom so far, but uh, let's just say you know it. It has more to do with what we have announced than, you know, who we are talking to and, and, and what is in the works. 
Can you talk about the specifics of the robot in terms of the size? I mean, just very specifically, um, I was thinking about this with regards to how this could change uh, grocery delivery. But looking at the size of it, I couldn't obviously order – I couldn't shop at Costco. <laughs> you know, like the the typical U.S. citizen who buys a ton of stuff at Costco. It's more for maybe uh, that night's meals or like one or two products. How big can you – how much stuff can you put in there? What's the volume of the, the robot? It's like a rolling suitcase. It okay. can hold about uh, two grocery bags. Uh, so, so it can hold the same amount of things that, you know, you can comfortably carry, you know, on your person by yourself. And is there interest in t- over time or are you exploring over time, uh, just d- different volumes? Like, would there be maybe the jumbo size, uh, versus just the smaller delivery size? There might be, there might, there might be for sure. Uh, for sure. It, it makes, it makes total sense. Uh, right now we are concentrating on uh, mostly you know just one size though uh, because because you know we are we are piloting this we are we are proving that this works you know in the first place uh, and uh, the experimentation with you know different sizes and uh, and and uh, things like that that's uh, that's a very logical step that uh, that will follow and you guys said you you said you have 30 robots you've you made what are the kind of the ramp up of production volumes you're you're looking at now that you have some partners can you give me any indication how big the fleet will be a year from now? Uh, the ramp up will be quite fast. So uh, a year from now, you know, we are we are talking, you know, talking something like you know a thousand or more. And you guys are doing the the bulk of the development where you in the same city or the same uh, country where you developed Skype in Estonia, and that, is that where you have you said thousands of engineers? Are they largely working there? Uh, sorry, I, I, I meant dozens. Oh, dozens. dozens oh, okay. So, <laughs> I thought thousands. I go, wow, that's a huge fleet of engineers. <laughs> but dozens, that's still yeah. a lot. Uh, well, it's not It's not a lot compared to, you know, what uh, some companies developing self-driving cars have. But the the bulk of the, the engineering is happening in Estonia, and you guys have business offices in various uh, – in the U.S. and Europe? Absolutely. That's that's true. And, uh, and uh, like, yes, you mentioned that, you know, Estonia is also well where Skype was developed. In fact uh, – our office is uh, something like uh, you know 500 yards from from Skype office, and uh, actually you know a large part of our engineering team is is from Skype. Uh, you know for some reason they they like to work with me and not so much in in Skype anymore. Well, you, you actually had some level of success with the first startup, so I would imagine that they they, they thought, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> I guess so, uh, <laughs> I, but, but on the other hand, I must say you know I've been. Uh, I've been part of about ten startups in my in my whole life, and uh, you know, pe- people know about the successful ones. They don't know about the about the, the the failed ones, and the failed ones are also very important to have in the life of an entrepreneur. Uh, you learn a lot by 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 doing some failures. I think it's a testament to the fact they want to work with you, that they worked with you before. It's probably just the fact that they they like you. So I think that's great. One last question: Have you guys have you guys looked at Asia? I'd be interested to see. Or have you had any thoughts about deploying these in, in cities like Tokyo or in Beijing? Sure. In fact, in fact, you know, just a few hours ago, I was I was uh, on uh, on a call with, uh, with with somebody in China uh, discussing uh, how can we roll out you know Starship in 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 China. Uh, so uh, again, uh, there's nothing that uh, that uh, I can announce or, or or promise about it about it yet, but. Uh, but sure, we are an international company, and we are looking at uh, all corners of the world. Hey, Adi, this has been great. Thanks for telling me a little bit about what you guys are doing at uh, at Starship. And I'm going to go out and look for uh, 
for a, for a, when your your robots in Seattle. Hopefully, I'll see one. <laughs> sure, you will. Thank you, Mike. That was fun. I enjoyed talking to Audi and learning a little bit about the future of sidewalk-based food delivery using robotics. We'll be talking about the future of food delivery at the Smart Kitchen Summit. Check that out. Go to smartkitchensummit.com. We'll have another Next Market podcast probably this week, believe it or not, so stay tuned for that. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.